herzlich willkommen. Hello and a hearty welcome to City Breaks Munich Extra, Episode 3. I'm Marion Jones. If you've been here before, you'll know that City Breaks covers the cities that I've fallen in love with, giving you all their background, history and culture that you'd look up for yourself if only you had time. You may perhaps already know the City Breaks Munich series. 14 episodes, lots of history, the Wittelsbach family, the Third Reich, lots of culture, art, music, food, beer of course. So why do we need Munich Extra episodes? Well, I thought it would be good to bring things up to date a little and to involve some other people than just yours truly. So I've invited a series of guests to help me produce some extra episodes. Last week and the week before we heard from Jack Sleesh, who runs the Heart of Munich tour guides, lots of history in those two episodes, so I thought, right, it's time for some food. Who can I ask to help me? And I came across a little food company based in Munich whose owner was all too happy to help out. And that's Stephanie Schnellhammer, who runs a company called Keksliebe. They produce lots of fun decorated baked goodies, they teach other people how to make their own, and they're based in central Munich. And she and I had a good conversation about lots of things, the varieties of food on offer in Bavaria, her tips for various restaurants to try, and lots of other little nuggets of culture here and there. But before we get to that, I really should explain a little bit more about the company. So to begin with, here is Stephanie herself explaining what Keksliebe, K-E-K-S-L-I-E-B-E, actually means if your German isn't up to working that out for yourself. So here's what she said when I asked her to explain Keksliebe. The word Keks is cookie and Liebe is love, probably almost everyone knows. And so this is how the, the name came about. I have this business with uh, my business partner, Julie. She's from Manchester and we run this company since 2013. And um, half of the time we speak English and half of the time we speak German. So and um, if any of the English listeners are coming to our shop, you won't have to practice your German before you can start talking in English straight away. So we will understand. I don't think I dare tell you how few people speak German in England. You probably know that. But there, are, there is a few who um, speak a tiny bit, but um, yes. Okay then. So I'm going to summarise myself what the company's about and then we'll move on to the conversation Stephanie and I had. So on their website, the very first sentence you see is Kegsliebe in German, and then the English, handcrafted with love. As she just explained, it is very much a bilingual operation. So, what do they do? Well, they have a shop in the Corneliusstrasse. The address will be in the show notes, in which you can buy cookies. You can buy individual ones. You can buy collections. A collection would mean a box of between 12 and 16 cookies, iced with royal icing and decorated. There are all sorts of things to choose from. Just by way of example, how about the box, the gift box that you can buy for a friend who's just had a baby? You can choose whether you want the iced in blue or in pink, and you will get a duck biscuit, a teddy biscuit, a pram biscuit, and so on. You can choose whether you want it to be vanilla or chocolate flavoured, and you can have it personalised, perhaps with the new baby's name in icing, or maybe a little message of congratulations for the parents. But there are lots of other things too. There's a collection called, wait for it, Feta Zau, which translates as fat pig. It's a joke, I think. 
When I asked Stephanie when you might send somebody a box of fat pig biscuits, she said, oh, you know, perhaps at New Year or just to wish someone luck. Okay, you can call into the shop and watch the decorating being done because it's an open kitchen and so you'll be able to see how it's done. You can have your biscuit iced there and then and take it away, perhaps as a souvenir of your trip to Munich. You can, for example, have one of those very traditional gingerbread hearts made with perhaps greetings from Munich on it or a personal message. And then there are workshops. Details of those on their website, but they run workshops for adults and for children. Lots of specials, so at Easter or Christmas or for Mother's Day or Halloween, you can produce a suitable iced extravaganza. And they do them too for special occasions. You may know, I'm talking in October 2021, Germany's just had elections. So, of course, they did not miss the opportunity to put some of the top politicians in icing form. They did biscuits for Armin Laschet and Olaf Scholz, two of the front runners. No Mrs. Merkel this time, of course, because she's gone. As Stephanie said, it's very much an Anglo-German operation. So, of course, there were special biscuits for the weddings of William and Kate and Meghan and Harry. If there's a European soccer championship going on or an Olympics, then you can be sure there will be biscuits to match. So, with all that going on, it was very nice of Stephanie to find time to chat to me about all things culinary, all things Bavarian. We talked about Christmas baking in Germany, which you may know is a massive thing. We talked about some of the famous German cakes. Get your tongue round some of the names Schwarzwälder Kirschtorte and Prinzregententorte. She told me about the fanciest cafe in Munich and also gave me some tips for going there and not getting just thoroughly confused because there's so many different options. She talked about the Viktualienmarkt, the food market in the middle of Munich. Lots of things on offer there, but we talked particularly about a very Bavarian breakfast. Then we went on, of course, to the other meals, a Bavarian lunch or an evening meal. A couple of recommendations for favourite restaurants. A little mention about the topic that always interests me about Germany and food, and that is, what about the vegetarians? And Stephanie finished off with something I wasn't expecting, a recommendation for a day out of Munich, just half an hour or so, I think, from the centre by public transport, and something I really fancy doing. OK, so after the interview, I will come back and explain a few things, a little bit more detail on some of the places and goods that she mentions. But for the moment, let's get straight on with it. I started by asking Stephanie to explain the difference to me between cakes and kuchen. And this is what she had to say. Cakes is something different than cookies. Um, mm -hmm. A cake is like a sponge cake, but cakes that what we do, cakes is, is a cookie. And um, a cookie is not a huge thing in um, Germany. It's just becoming a huge thing over Christmas and much bigger than it is, for example, in England or in America. And Coming up to Christmas, there's a lot of different cookies you can buy in bakeries. Up to 20, 30 different varieties of cookies you can buy. Yeah. Um, all with different flavors, of course. And uh, our cookies, which we sell in the shop, only vanilla and chocolate cookies. They don't contain nuts. They don't contain chocolate chips or anything. Because for the royal icing, they need to be super flat. So we can draw on them mm. but, um, when it comes to Christmas here in um, in bakeries they sell all different types 
with jam, with marmalade, with nuts, with sugar pearls, with frosting, uh, all different things. So it's really beautiful if you if you are in Germany or Bavaria over Christmas. You go to Christmas market or you go in any bakery to buy a selection, a house selection of homemade cookies. And Germans, uh, German housewives are very proud of their cookies. They start baking usually beginning of November and not only two or three different varieties. The mad ones, they bake 20, 30 varieties at home and it takes six weeks to bake them and then they give them away to friends and colleagues which is a very nice tradition. And do you hang them on Christmas trees? No, no. Gingerbread, you can hang on Christmas, a very dark gingerbread, but not really. Germans hate waste. So, um, and that would be considered as a waste of food. No, it's not typical German that we hang on Christmas, that we hang things on Christmas. I mean, edible things on Christmas trees. You hang those sugar canes on Christmas trees, we don't. Only if you're American. Right. Okay. Now, because you live in Munich, this is an excellent opportunity for me to find out a little bit about cake shops in Munich, because I know that is a big thing, isn't it, in Bavaria? So in England, we've all heard of the Schwarzwälder Kirschtorte, so the Black Forest Gatto. Other than that, what else is there in Munich that people should try when they come for coffee and cake? So um, any type of um, fruit cake is is nice but it needs to be seasoned for example at the moment there's um delicious plum cake and apple cake um which we make and then of course there is the rich cream cake like um the black forest gatto which is everywhere in germany or a sachertorte which is made with cream and chocolate from austria austria is very close to bavaria so and then any other like prinzregententorte is that is a cake. Prince Regententorte is a cake which is famous for Bavaria. It's a cream cake with um, roses, almonds, and some sort of alcohol in it, I think. And it's a sponge cake, sponge cake with cream, and it's very high. So it's not a flat cake, it's a very high. You order it, you get a very high piece of cake. You get a lot of cake for your money. If you're on it in the coffee shop. Yeah, so Prince Regenten Tart is very typical for here. So that literally means Prince Regent Cake, does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is also a famous um, place here in um, Munich, which is called Prince Regenten Platz, but um, I can't really translate it in English. So if I wanted to go to a really posh Bavarian cafe, where where would I go? Where do I look? Must go to the Café Luitpold. Okay. Um, which is at the Odeon Club. Mm-hmm. And there you go in the afternoon. In the afternoon, you have coffee and cake. And um, they have a huge cake buffet. And if you are a pro, you don't order from the menu. You first have a look at the cake buffet. And um, you ask the lady behind there if there's anything you see, you fancy the name of it. And then you go back to your table and then you tell the waiter, that's the cake I want. Because there's presumably a lot of choice and it's quite different. Yes, there is, there's a huge choice of cake. And um, yeah, so but you first have a look at it and then you go back. Yeah, but the Café Louis Paul is lovely. It's very central. It's close to the Marienplatz. 
uh, it's within walking distance. I would say it's about seven minutes from there, and it's a nice walk. It's a, it's in a very posh area. It's in the Priena Straße, where you've got posh and nice and expensive shops. And um, yeah, there you go for your coffee and your cake. Right, thank you. And the other place I wanted to ask you about quickly is the, I think it's called the Victualian Markt. Yes, um, the Victualian Markt uh, has got a long tradition. It's the only food market in the city centre and um, there's lots of different market stands there and um, there is uh, no chains are allowed. It's just individual people who sell their food there and there's lots of fruit and vegetables you can buy, but that's for your daily grocery. That's the idea for people who live in the city. They It's open every day except for Sunday. And so basically you can yeah, you can buy fruit and veg there for your isn't daily. It, isn't it a good place to go for snack food as well? Aren't there lots of foods? Yeah. There? On one hand, there is um, to do your daily grocery, not grocery, but fruit and veg shopping. And then... There's a lot of speciality shops like um, a little chocolate maker or um, yeah, a really sweet cake shop. And um, there's lots of butchers. And you can also buy snacks there. You can buy delicious soups. You can buy jacked potatoes. You can um, buy, um, you can drink fresh pressed juices. Um, you can go in the Nymphenburg zelt and you can have a glass of champagne and have some canapes so um but it's all locally based so there is as i said there's no chains allowed there's all individual merchants and um if you want to have a stand on the Markt and sell your food it's owned by the city of munich and you have to go, you have to apply and you have to go through a long appliance thing. So before they approve, it really needs to fit in in the surroundings there. If I came as a visitor and I wanted to take some friends for something very Munich, some food that was very, a very typically Munich snack, what, what would I look for there, do you think? We don't really snack. We eat proper meals and we eat loads. Typical um, Bavarian lunch then, what shall I have? Yes. Um, so first of all, you start with a typical um, Bavarian breakfast, which you have to order before 11 o'clock in the morning. If you order it after 11 o'clock, then it's clear you are a tourist. But of course, you can order it after 11 o'clock. It's called Weißwurstfrühstück, which consists of a brezen, a bretzel, and a pair of um, white sausages, which are boiled in broth, and um, then some sweet mustard. And to drink, you have to order a Weissbier, which is a Hefeweizen, which is a yeast beer, I think that's how you translate it. So that's a typical Bavarian breakfast. Then for lunch, you have, again, you have a full meal. You have a Haxen which is a leg of the pig, a roasted pig's leg. And it's very delicious. And um, you have it together with sauerkraut and um, probably some mashed potato. Or you have roast chicken. Or you have braten, which is Schweinsbraten, which is a pork roast, which is very delicious. And you have it with some 
dumplings and some dark beer sauce. That's very good. And nice places to eat, of course, in the city center. You've got the the Hofbräuhaus, House, but um, if you go on the tram and go three stops to the Wiener Platz, there is typical Bavarian restaurant, which is called the Hofbräuhaus Keller. You don't have to make a reservation because it's very big. And in summer, they have a lovely beer garden where you can sit outside under really nice chestnut trees. There you can have the Bavarian breakfast and you can stay for lunch and then you can also stay for dinner. So um, typical Bavarian dinner then would be, usually it's um, a selection of cold meats and cheese. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I can really recommend the Hochbräukeller am Wienerplatz. It's really lovely for typical Bavarian food. Thank you. Just before we finish with food, can I just ask, dare I ask, if I bring a vegetarian, how do they get on in Munich? Is that possible? Oh, um, uh, easy. They, they just don't eat. No. <laughs> if, you, um, if you bring a vegetarian, usually what they tend to do in Bavarian, so we're not talking vegan, we're talking vegetarian. And usually what they have is then they have really nice dumplings, the knödel, just with a, with a sauce with it. Or they have some spätzle, which is small noodles with sauce with it. You've got lots of different salads, of course. So you just order the main meal, what other people eat, but without without the meat, and it's still really delicious. So. Right, okay, thank you. Before you go, uh, I wanted to tell you about a really nice place we've just been yesterday. It's just a bit outside of Munich at the Starnberger See, at the Lake Starnberg. I know it. And um, you can go there with the S-Bahn. It's a, it's a trip which takes um, from the city centre about 35 minutes on the S-Bahn. And um, if you stop at Feldafing, not at Starnberg directly, but if you stop, stop at Feldafing, and um, from there you walk, it's one kilometre down the hill, you walk to, to the lake, And there's a lovely little restaurant right by the lake, um, which is called Strandbad Feldafing. And you can also have some typical Bavarian food there. You can have your cake and your coffee. And the nice thing is, if it's nice weather, you must bring your swimming gear. And from there, you can jump directly into the lake and go for a swim. And they've got huge grounds where you can just put your blankets and relax in the sun. And it's free of charge. So we, we didn't go for a swim yesterday because it was a bit too cold, but um, we had lunch outside and it was really, really nice. So I can recommend it if there's nice weather to go there. Yes, I think people first time in Munich don't realise how easy it is to get out into lovely yeah. places like Starnberg. Yeah, that's what Bavaria is famous for as well. It's not only Munich, but it's the lakes and their surroundings and you've got beautiful views of the mountains you don't need to go up on a mountain but if you go to um, Lake Starnberg or Lake Tegernsee and if you go just for a small hike it just feels like in another world mm. lovely yeah. well I have done it I went to Starnberg yeah. last time I came to Munich because I wanted to see the um well the lake and the all the things to do with Ludwig II you know ah, the, the one yeah. who killed himself yes yes you can in do the, a, the mad king. Yes. I wanted to see where he lived because he's so interesting. Look, I've had lots of your time and you've told us lots of interesting things. 
So perhaps I ought to stop firing questions at you and just say thank you. But before we finish, do you want to give me the website address of your company? Yes, of course. It's www.keksliebe, which is spelled K-E-K-S-L-I-E-B-E dot D-E. And we are also on Instagram. Um, you can find us on Keksliebe München, and that's München with a U-E, not with an umlaut U. And um, yes, you can also find us on Facebook. Well, vielen Dank, Stephanie. Thank you very much. Lots of insider tips there. I thought I might go back over one or two of the things that she mentioned with a little bit more detail. So first of all, a couple of actual foodstuffs. You heard mention of Weisswurst, which translates as white sausage. What is that? Traditional Bavarian minced veal and pork, flavoured with some onions, perhaps some parsley, maybe a little bit of lemon and some spices. 10 or 12 centimetres long and very much the traditional breakfast for residents of Munich or indeed Bavaria in general. You may remember Stephanie said you should never eat it after, I think she said never after 11 o'clock. Why is that? Well, this is traditionally the case and it dates back to the olden days when it was noticed that if sausages were kept for too long in tepid water, the result was quite likely to be food poisoning. So it was said, OK, eat that for breakfast, not too long after it's been cooked and avoid it, as was said at the time, after the midday bells had chimed. That's not to say you can't buy a Weisswurst at some other time of day, but it does make you look a little bit like a tourist. I noticed that on Wikipedia there was actually some advice about how to eat these things, and I think it's worth reading out in full. OK then, quote, Weisswurste, says the entry, are brought to the table in a big bowl, together with the hot water used for their preparation, so that they don't cool down too much. Then they are eaten without their skins. Ways of eating a Weisswurst include the traditional way, called Zutzeln, that's Bavarian for sucking apparently, in which each end of the sausage is cut or bitten open and then the meat is sucked out from the skin. Alternatively, says Wikipedia, the more popular and discreet way of consuming it is by cutting the sausage lengthwise and then rolling out the meat from the skin with a fork. OK, so now you know. Oh, and don't forget to dip each morsel in the mustard with which it is served. It also went on to explain a word which I had never come across, and that is, wait for it, Weisswurst-Equator, which means white sausage equator, and apparently is a reference to the fact that in Bavaria they really do have their own culture, almost their own language, and so the border between the parts of Germany that don't do those things and Bavaria itself is known as the white sausage equator, in reference to one of the favourite foods. Something else which Stephanie mentioned that I thought I might just flesh out a little bit was when she talked about fruitcake. If you remember, I asked her what to expect in a big array of cakes in a Munich cafe, and she said, well, there'll be lots of fruitcake. Now, I know that to an English mind, that is a sponge cake with raisins and currants in it. But I also know that that isn't really what she meant, because in Germany, Obstkuchen, which does translate literally as fruitcake, is more likely to be a sponge flan with lots of fresh fruit and possibly cream piled up onto it. Again, I thought I'd do a little bit of research, and I found a German website called www.chefkoch.de, which opened with a wonderful strapline. I'll read the German first. Wir haben 1074 tolle Obstkuchenrezepte für dich gefunden. 
which means we have found 1,074 amazing fruitcake recipes for you. And that gives a good idea of exactly how many different varieties there are. Endless, in fact. I read down the list a little way, and some of the ones I fancied were Obstkuchen, plain and simple. Then there was Pflaumenkuchen mit Streuseln, which means plum cake with something scattered over it, a tray bake of sponge with plums cooked into it, and sugar crystals, or maybe crushed nuts, scattered all over the top. There were loads and loads of Apfelkuchen, and the one I picked out as being the one I fancied most was called Apfelkuchen Großmutters Art, so Granny's Apple Cake. I scanned down a while, and I have to say at least the first 50 recipes were all sponge plus fruit except for the one recipe which was simply called Tartenbalden, so basically just the sponge base. The basic recipe, the idea being presumably that whatever fruit is in season or comes to hand, you use. There were chocolate cakes too, of course. Stephanie mentioned the Zachertorte from Austria. There were recipes for some of those big, fat, rich, layered cream and fruit cakes. Think Schwarzwälder Kirschtorte. And, of course, Munich's very own Prinzregententorte. If you've listened to episode 13 of the Munich series, you may already know all about that. So the Prince Regent, after whom this cake was made, was one Prince Regent Luitpold. He was the uncle of King Ludwig II and his brother, who was forced to rule as regent after the death of Ludwig because his brother Otto was mentally incapacitated. He ruled Bavaria, in fact, from 1886 to 1912, he was a very elderly man by the end. I think he reached 90, actually, and he was much loved and respected. And things that the city of Munich did in his honour included planting a whole avenue of trees and, of course, naming their favourite cake after him. OK, so, so much for foodstuffs that were mentioned. I wanted to run through the four places which Stephanie talked about. All the addresses will be in the show notes and just tell you a little bit more about each of them. So, starting with the Café Luitpold, which its website tells us, and I know this is true, is a Munich institution. In one of the very nicest areas of Munich, it builds itself as an urbanus café house. So, an urbane coffee house with charme, charm, stil, style, and two things that sound contradictory, Weltoffenheit mit Tradition. So, an openness to the rest of the world, but tradition too. A lovely place for meals of all sorts, but particularly well known for its cafe house, where you can have, yes, coffee and, of course, of course, cake. At the turn of the 19th, 20th centuries, it was the place to be, the haunt of lots of famous artists and writers. And yes, their speciality was the Prinzregententorte, so the cake named after Luitpold. Usually, explains the website, seven thin layers of sponge cake interlaid with chocolate buttercream and a topping of apricot jam and all covered in a dark chocolate ganache. British listeners may well be thinking, I've just heard all this somewhere. And yes, you may well have done, because on our famous baking programme, The Great British Bake Off, every week there's a technical challenge. The contestants have to make something that they've probably never heard of. And very recently, in October 2021, they had a German week and the technical challenge was, yes, Prince Regententorte. So that's the Café Luitpold then, where, by the way, there is something called the Palmengarten, so the palm garden, an inner space with a glass roof and huge potted trees, very classy, and in which, quite often, 
They run a Kultur program, so a program of readings, lectures, talks, musical recitals and so on. I had a quick look at the program for currently, and I was intrigued by one talk which was entitled Will Bill Gates uns chippen? Does Bill Gates want to microchip us all? So, still a centre of culture and debate, even today. Secondly, Stephanie mentioned a café in the Viktualienmarkt called the Café Zekt Viktualienmarkt. Another Munich institution. In German, it calls itself Das Kulinarische Herz der Stadt, so the culinary heart of the city, and claims to be an authentic Munich experience. It actually goes on to say, it's not just for tourists, you know. It's a well-known gathering place for the citizens of Munich too. But it is handy for tourists, because it's right down in the centre, close to lots of things you might want to visit, such as the St. Peter's Church, or the Jewish Museum, or Marienplatz. There's all sorts to eat and drink on offer, whole meals, snacks, a cheese platter, a wurst platter, homemade cake, of course, champagne, wine, beer, etc. So if you fancy something classy to eat or drink, right in the middle of downtown Munich, surrounded by some of the best shops, that might be an option. Stephanie also talked about one where you had to go on a tram for two or three stops to get to the Hofbräu Keller possibly Munich's oldest or certainly one of the oldest venues, with history and traditions going right back to the 16th century. It's family-run and it specialises in Bavarian food. The first thing which leapt off the menu at me was the word knödel, dumplings, and they do lots of different knödel. There are bayerische Leberknödel, liver dumplings. There are Kartoffelknödel, potato dumplings. Semmelknödel, I think they're made with breadcrumbs. And just to whet your appetite, here are a few other things from the menu. So I'll give the prices just to give you an idea. And of course they're current for October 2021. Zwei Stück Weißwurst. So you can have two white sausages. That will cost you six euros. You could have a Bayerische Wurstsalat. A Bavarian sausage salad. Eight euros ninety. I think that's sausage and onions and gherkins. That sort of thing. We are offered a portion of Knusprige Schweinshaxe, a crispy pork joint which comes with Dunkelbier sauce, so a dark beer sauce, and either potato or breadcrumb dumplings. That's €16.50, and for €22.50, you could try Wiener Schnitzel. That might be one of the few German expressions which we English people actually use in its original German. Then there's a lovely section entitled Süße Versuchungen, which means sweet temptations. And you can have warmer Apfelstrudel nach Oma's Rezept. So Granny's warm Apfelstrudel. That sounds nice, doesn't it? €6.90. Or, equally Germanic, you could have Kaiserschmarren, which were mentioned last week, I think. Basically, little pieces of torn-up pancake with various flavourings. And to choose from here were mentioned rum, raisins and plums. So, three restaurant ideas then. And then I thought I'd just go back to the last thing Stephanie said, which was the idea of going out of the city of Munich itself towards Lake Starnberg and stopping at a popular vacation spot actually on the lake called Feldafing, F-E-L-D-A-F-I-N-G. And I'll put a link to the tourist website for Feldafing in the show notes. So if you go there, beautiful spot, some lovely 19th century villas to look at, a park with its own golf course, a castle, Partly 16th century, but with a hall of mirrors added in 1910. So think medieval meets art deco. 
a huge lido with direct access to the lake where you can swim and enjoy lake views and views of the foothills of the Alps in the distance. Lots of things to do there. There's a huge lawn, there are sun terraces, a sand pit and a beach volleyball field. They have special events in Feldafing too. There's something called Jazz am See, so jazz at the lake. And all through spring, summer and autumn, you can take a little boat from Feldafing out to the Roseninsel, so the Rose Island, the only island on Starnberger Lake. You may remember I talked about that in episode four of the main series. But to summarise, the main attraction on the Roseninsel is a huge garden lined with, of course, lots and lots of avenues of rose plants. It's linked to Ludwig II. There's a little summer house there where he used to meet his cousin, the Empress Sissi, one of the very few people who seemed to be able to get on with him. You can wander about the island, enjoying the views, reading the history boards which are scattered around, telling you the various stories. Definitely a lovely afternoon out. And to get to Feldafing, you can go from Munich city centre on an S-Bahn, line 6, and it will take you about half an hour. So, lots of bits and pieces about Munich have come our way from today's episode, and I need to end by thanking again Stephanie from Cakesliebe for all the things that she shared with us. This is actually going to be the last Munich Extra episode, because I am poised to start a brand new series. That will come out two weeks today, and in the meanwhile, next week, there'll be a short update just to introduce it. So, all of that to come, but for the moment, just thank you very much indeed for listening, and goodbye, all of course, in German. Vielen Dank fürs Zuhören und auf Wiederhören.